0: Welcome to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. I'm really excited today to introduce you to a good friend of mine and my teammate in Young Adult Ministry, Carrie White. If you haven't met Carrie, you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah. And tell them a little bit about you?
1: Yeah. So that is, in fact, my name, Carrie. Uh, and I get to be the Young Adult Women's Ministry Coordinator, which is a lot of words that basically just means that I get to hang out with um, young adults, specifically focusing on um, walking alongside young adult women in this season of right. life. Uh, discipleship and just care and helping you really figure out what it means to follow Jesus in this transitional season of life into the like full adult world.
0: So yeah, we love young adult ministry, and if you haven't met Carrie, you should meet her in person. But I'm also excited for her to get to share about her topic for the month. She got to teach at young adult nights. Uh, we call it YAM nights. Just uh, young adult ministry a few days ago. That's what it stands for. Yes. And so why don't you fill them in, like for somebody who didn't hear your talk, what was your, what was your theme and, you know, just kind of let them know the main idea of what you talked about.
1: Yeah. So this summer when we did Summer Nights, the... We walked through John, the last few um, words of Jesus in the book of John. And one of the things that Jesus says in his last words is, you will do greater things mm-hmm. than these. And I remember Aaron Nelson just digging into that and asking, What does that mean when Jesus says mm-hmm. greater things? How how could we do greater things than Jesus who is in fact God? So, you know, you kinda of picked up on that and we'd had some conversations yeah. and wanted to lean into that theme for the year. What does it mean? Mm-hmm that Jesus calls us to do greater things. Mm-hmm. So for this month, we talked about greater things in the context of identity and a greater identity, which is, I think we talk about identity a lot. There's a lot of, I think it's kind of a um, a word that gets thrown around a lot, and we don't always know what that means. And there's a lot of different understandings. Do we have lots of different identities? Because we do lots of different things. Do we have an identity? And... Our goal was really just to ground the concept of identity in Scripture and in what mm-hmm. God says and in um, our identity as followers of Christ. So that was the the heart and the goal of the message on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and why do you think that matters to young adults as you talk to different people and you you know engage with the different issues they're facing?
1: I mean, I think we all feel really insecure to a certain degree. We even asked that question on Sunday night. Who in the room feels like they've been insecure in the last 24 hours and 12 hours and 3 hours and even 30 minutes and you know I raised my hand cuz that yes. was true pretty much, every, yeah. Pretty much everybody <laughs> Yeah was it was yeah. like instant instant recognition of oh no I ha- I have felt insecure I maybe even was insecure walking in the door tonight cuz I didn't know who was going to be here what my place is here if I feel like I'm going to belong so that insecurity speaks to a lack of security right it's, in our own being, if you just kind of flip that word inside out. And Mm -hmm. to me, the fact that we're all feeling that way so frequently means that we aren't entirely sure what our identity is or who we are or what it means to show up in the world. And I think that that's true, you know, from the time we're in middle school and we carry that into our adulthood we just get better at hiding it mm-hmm. i think i think we get better at hiding our insecurity we get better at feeling like okay well the wor- world expects me to have this kind of identity so i'm gonna go do this job in this career okay mm-hmm. that's my identity now and i'm gonna you know do the things that i'm supposed to do whatever i think those are and check those boxes off and i'm building this identity based on what i think other people want from me and that can be a really um, unsteady way to build your identity.
0: Yeah, and we're going to get to what Jesus invites us to in a minute. Where we where kind of the core of your message is how Jesus turns all that upside down and, and invites us to find a more secure identity with him. But what are some ways when we dive into this topic you think people might misunderstand <laughs> that idea of a, a greater identity or like the theme of greater things yeah. in general? We've had some good conversation around mm-hmm. maybe some ways that we misunderstand that based on our cultural perception of what that means. And I'd love for you just to speak into how our understanding of greater things or a greater identity might get in the way of actually what Jesus is inviting us to. Mm -hmm.
1: It's a really good way of putting it. Like it might get in the way. Because when you brought that up as a theme, I'm like, "I I get what that means. And I get what that means biblically. But I think that our culture likes things that are you know, greater and better and best and success and we define our, often our identity based on these expectations of having more stuff or looking like we're um, winning at the thing that we're doing, you know, it's this idea of being on top and being better than or more than Um, culturally speaking. And so that's actually contrary to the gospel. And so I think we have to be careful using that language or ask questions around what do we mean by greater, because culturally that means something different than Jesus meant when he said it. So that's sort of my um, tension point with the word, I guess, is that it, you know, it matters. But does it matter in the way we think it matters culturally, or is there something deeper going on?
0: Yes, and that's, that's a great segue into what Jesus actually invites us to embrace and how his invitation to a, a greater identity, which is really a different identity than how we would define ourselves in the world, with, which leads to a, a deeper sense of security. And we, when we build our lives on these foundations that the world kind of props up, we can have kind of a shaky foundation that we're building ourselves on. I think he, you articulated that really well. Um, and that's a part of what can get in the way of our hearing the invitation to a greater identity with Christ. And so you talked about the Sermon on the Mount and how he turns mm-hmm. some of those things upside down. Do you want to speak to that a little bit more and what Jesus is really inviting us to and finding our identity with him um, and how that's greater than maybe the invitation the world gives us?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that we want to do with this podcast and mm-hmm. with this space after the message is reflect on some of the things that we heard in conversations, the yeah. questions that are coming up in response to some of the messages. And I remember the first in August when we did our first DM night around the concept of greater things, there was a little bit of a like um, anxiety in mm-hmm. hearing the word greater things because it feels like, okay, I need to I need
0: to do that that means that I do more and more even for God
1: yes exactly and maybe
0: I'm not doing enough for him yes yeah
1: and so it's this um fear like oh here's another area in my life where I'm not doing enough here's another area in my life where I'm not good enough here's another area of my life where I'm falling short and you know I'm in survival mode and I'm trying to do all the things and I got to be greater here too Mm -hmm. you know and there was a lot of anxiety around that and I get that and I think that's probably why I have a little pushback when I hear Mm -hmm. that word because it's It feels like striving to me, but I think that if you really read through the Sermon on the Mount, which is in Matthew 5 Mm -hmm. and 6, it keeps going. It's in Luke, too. Um, You kind of get two different perspectives on it there. But it starts out with the Beatitudes, and the very first one is Jesus saying... Blessed, and that's an adjective that's describing a group of people. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And that is opposite of what I sometimes feel like I need to be when I hear greater, right? Like, yeah. You, it's this recognition of when you are at the end of yourself, when you are out of breath or overwhelmed, when you aren't as, you know, spiritually on top of things as you would like to be. Um, there's actually an opportunity to experience the power of Jesus in that place in a way we couldn't do on our own. Mm-hmm. And so it's a flipping inside out and upside down of mm-hmm. what greater means, which yeah. is really beautiful.
0: Yeah. So like greater is not pretending right? that you, you're better than you are, that you don't have that weakness or poverty. It's mm-hmm. actually the freedom and invitation to admit it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's a vulnerable place. It's an uncomfortable yeah. place for us. But when we really wrap our mind around who is giving us that invitation, Mm -hmm. that it's the one who created us and knows us. It's really good news. Mm -hmm. And so for, when you think about that, I think you guys had some, a good conversation, like people dug into that a little bit deeper and said like, well, is there a point we grow out of being poor in spirit? Or I I don't know exactly how they put the question, but do you remember that moment in your small group conversation? You want to speak to that a little bit?
1: I think it's a fantastic question because I think we want the answer to that to be yes, right? Like, is there a point where we grow out, where we are no longer poor in spirit, where we've grown out of that kind of neediness? Like, we want the answer to that to be yes because I don't want to have to be in that place all the time. And I think if you go back to this is just like nerdy, hairy moment. Welcome to my life. Um, but if you look no, at, no, very, very <laughs> can I do that yes. here? So if you look at, you know, the word for spirit and the word for breath is the same in Greek and Hebrew both. And so there's a connection there between breathing in between and spirit. Those are connected. And you, if you go all the way back to, you know, Genesis, when God breathes into humanity and they become alive, it's the, like our very existence, our very the fact that we have a spirit, the fact that we are whole beings who can live and move and be in relationship comes from the fact that the breath of god is inside of us and so those things are very connected and if you look at like poor in spirit and what that means you could literally then translate it like poor in breath right Mm -hmm. or out of breath Mm -hmm. and if you think about how breath works the second we exhale the second we have expressed it from ourselves we have to inhale again Mm -hmm. so it is this literally constant exhaling and inhaling over and over and over again the second we're poor in spirit we need to be filled again so i don't i think the point is that we don't grow out of it Mm -hmm. because we need to be reminded that every second of every day our literal breath our literal ability to be in the world is dependent on god and when we live from that place we're truly blessed. We're truly living. We're truly alive.
0: Yeah. And that's where you find this like weird paradox of when you're poor, you're actually rich. And uh, Jesus shows us that he he emptied himself Mm -hmm. and to give us the riches of the kingdom of God. And so those are available to us. And when we can admit our neediness, we actually find that the king is right there waiting to meet our need. And as I've grown in my journey I've wanted to say, yeah, I'm going to grow out of being poor in spirit. But the, the longer I, I walk this journey of life, the more I see, I think I recognize my own need for God. And I recognize ways I'm in poverty of spirit that I didn't even know were there. And so it's good news to know you don't have to hide from that mm-hmm. and that you can bring those things to God and to community and actually increases our connection when we can admit um, our brokenness together and then well, I think we do grow and in, in find the confidence that God Absolutely. is going to gonna meet our need. He's mm-hmm. going to take care of us. And we, even when we're poor, you know, he's going to give us what we don't have mm-hmm. in ourselves. And that's really a, a, a gracious invitation. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of like some other questions that came out of this conversation, I thought one was really interesting. And one, we would love for you to share your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, that's why we do Yam Nights Um, So we can wrestle with these things together. That's why we have small groups. Um, You can even put some of your questions here through the the social media feed if you're watching online. And uh, we'd love to engage with some of those as we can. But one of the questions that came out was like, okay, so if I'm struggling with this thing, is there ever a point where I become disqualified? Um, for, from the kingdom, like, and well, I don't. You guys talked about that question. How, yeah. how did that go? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah,
1: there were several groups. It was one of the questions that we talked about, um, mostly because um, because we have this concept in our head of what greater means. We think that I have to be living up to a certain standard in order to be effective in the kingdom. And I kind of just have, I've been thinking, and the Lord's been giving me. The question, and so I've just been wrestling with it myself, like, is the thing that I think disqualifies me in the hands of God, in the hands of a God who wants to redeem and transform, could that actually be the thing that makes me best qualified to go out in the world and proclaim the power of a God who wants to change us from the inside out? So that was the challenge. Like, what do you fear might disqualify you from the kingdom? Like, and, actually naming that. Yeah, and actually naming that, it's like, what is the thing that you come back to? And it's probably going to change throughout your life. Um, mm-hmm. And there's levels. We kind of joked about, like, here's the surface level thing, right, that I feel like I can share in this group. But, like, there's probably a thing that's a little bit deeper that you may or may not feel comfortable to share mm-hmm. yet. Uh, and And we talked about some of those things. You know, doubt was one of the things that came up. Um, mm-hmm. Does doubt disqualify me from the kingdom? And uh, that was a big one. I think there were certain just, like, behavioral things, like sins, that, patterns that you feel like you get stuck in and just mm. can't get out of. Does that disqualify me from being effective in the kingdom? Um, fears that I have, does that disqualify me? Anxiety, depression, um places that I am grieving, like are those things that disqualify me from being effective in the kingdom? So then we kind of ran the gamut as far as where we're at consistency, like, like being able to read my Bible and pray and show up at church. Like if I'm not consistent, am I disqualified from the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Those are all questions that came up.
0: Yeah, so you have any thoughts about that?
1: I mean, I think I'm still wrestling with it myself. I think that there is, there's a hardness of heart that is one thing, right? And so I'm—I'm I'm not necessarily speaking to my heart has been hardened in this area of sin, or in this area of hurt, or in this area of forgiveness, or um, my heart has been hardened against God. That's a—that's a different thing. Or pride, gosh, I think pride like can I'm just going to our... continue
0: to do things my yes. way and persist in this area of doubt or disobedience, really because I want to.
1: Right? Yeah. There's the—and um, I think pride can—I think Jesus speaks to pride. Mm-hmm. And self righteousness, over and over again in the Gospels, as an issue that is contrary to the kingdom. Yeah,
0: more and than he doesn't, anything else. He doesn't force anyone to submit to right in his rule. He's a loving king. Yes, and so you, we do have a choice if we're going to surrender and seek him as our king, or keep doing things our own way. Yeah, which is at the hardest sin? Yeah.
1: So that's that's one thing, but I think that if we are if we're truly seeking the heart of God, if we're truly desiring to submit like ourselves to the way of Jesus, I don't think that there are things that disqualify us because I mean, you I think about the thief on the cross, right? Like next mm-hmm. to Jesus, he's lived his whole life and he says, you know, like I want to be with you, you know? And the end of his life, Jesus says it doesn't disqualify you from the kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like today you will be with me in paradise. So I think if, if our heart is in tune with desiring the things of God, then we can trust that he's going to meet us there and he's going to be the one that transforms us and he's going to be the one that builds the fruit in our life. So if we're spending our energy there, we're going to be transformed and we're going to start looking more like Jesus and the kingdom is going to naturally flow out of us. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we um, tight grip the things that we wish weren't in our life anymore in a way that makes us feel like I've got to get this figured out. I've got to stop doing this. I've got to, um, I've got to be the one that powers through this thing rather than we spend energy there rather than spending energy needing Jesus and allowing him to meet us in whatever that thing is, whether it's sin or pain or grief, um, rather than submitting ourselves to his love and care mm. and compassion in that place and letting him transform us. We yeah. want to transform ourselves, so we tight grip yeah. it. And then we think, oh, well, I can't get close to God because this thing is keeping me from the kingdom. i actually let it go yeah. and let Jesus meet you there. Because yeah. that could actually be what like, furthers the kingdom.
0: Yeah, it, w- it was interesting you were doing your hands like this. I do it all the time d- yeah. internally. Because <laughs> I think that's what we do a lot yeah. in our lives is we're like trying to white-knuckle our issues our fears our insecurities our sins and trying to take control of them and wondering what's wrong with me because this isn't changing and really the process of transformation is is doing this is opening up our hands and our heart to this god who is the one that can work when we give them him the control of those things and that's that's something that Really, we have to practice because we're really good. Our culture teaches us to keep control mm-hmm. and our sinful nature teaches us to, to, to control it and to strive harder instead of surrender into trust that there is this king who's saying, hey, blessed are the poor in spirit for yours is the kingdom of God. And as we give those things over to him, we get the help of God and others. He does bring change and transformation. And man, if, if doubt disqualifies us from the kingdom, then the first disciples were out. Because yeah. if you read the Great Commission, yes. it said the resurrected Jesus was right there in their midst, and some worshiped him, and some doubted. And that doubt didn't disqualify them from being invited into the, the greatest mission ever given to human beings, which is to go into the world and, and make disciples, to invite other people on this this journey. And to learn to live our life in relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to become more like Jesus. And man, I think sometimes you know we we project this image that the, even leaders in the church don't have doubts or struggles. And this, we're here to tell you that's that's not true. Doubts
1: and struggles. And that is, <laughs>
0: I appreciate your encouragement because like that's actually the place where God mm-hmm. meets us and our dependency on Him and and gives us that greater identity, to remind us that. We are his sons and daughters, and we didn't do anything to earn or deserve that. That's, that's given to us based on what Jesus did for us through his death and resurrection and, and choosing us to be in a relationship with him. And so, if people are out there kind of struggling with their identity, what are some practical things you would say would be good that would be helpful for them? Like, just what encouragement would you want to give to them? What's helped you as you've wrestled through some of the issues in your identity? And what kind of final yeah. you know, advice would you want to leave them?
1: Yeah. Well, I had a couple, while you were talking, I had two thoughts sure. <laughs> that I kind of am thinking. I think too, if we look at the word "disqualify," like if we think something that you know we do disqualifies us from the kingdom, that means we had to have done something in to the first place us. to qualify us. So that makes me think too, like, mm. oh gosh, I didn't earn any of this. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything in the first place that qualified me to be here. It was all Christ. So mm. that was just a thought that I had as you were speaking. Um, Next to the doubt side of things, too, you know, the um, story or the interaction with Jesus that I come back to over and over again, Um, it's, you know... Jesus asks this man, like, do you believe? And he says, I believe, but immediately he follows it with, but help my unbelief. And I love that. The, I, I love tension, and I don't that probably makes me strange. But the tension of, like, gosh, I want to believe. Like, I, I see you, and I'm going to choose to believe, but also I know that there's going to be something in me that doubts and, and where I'm going to struggle with unbelief. So, Jesus, <laughs> if you are who you say you are. I'm choosing to believe you. Help me when I can't yeah. or don't. So both of those things I thought of while you were sharing
0: yeah Um, that's good
1: but you know as far as my own identity and struggling with you know the big question of i think identity and purpose and all of that kind of go together i i mean i've struggled a lot with a lot of things you know a lot um, from just childhood trauma and um that led to a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And I've been diagnosed with a lot of different things. And it's really hard for me. And I think if you've been in that place where you are the one struggling. And I've been the struggling friend in most of my relationships most of my life. So it's really hard not to take that on as your identity. Like, oh, I'm, I'm the one who is anxious. I'm the one who is depressed. I'm the one that's um, showing up and feeling like I can't do the things that are required of me to do. And I think for a long time, I took that on as my identity. Um, I'm the anxious one. I'm the, like, you know, she's Carrie, she's got those, like, great gifts, but she just can't live up to her potential because she's, you know, too anxious. That that kind of thing. And for me, it's always come back to recognizing that our world can give us all of these different identities, whether it's, you know, our, our career, our family, or personality things, or things that we You know, are interested in all of those things can become identities for people with sports team, even group for. You know, you wear the stuff, you become the the fan.
0: Uh, And what you do for your job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I am, you know, I am this thing, Mm -hmm. or I I am what I do. Uh, And and as someone who's struggled to do in a lot of different Mm -hmm. situations in life, there's this, well, do I have an identity if I can't do the things that I think are expected of me? And recognizing that in the kingdom that jesus calls us to be a part of i don't have to worry about what my identity is because i've already been given one you know i've been given an identity as like someone who belongs to the king right I, i belong to jesus i am a disciple i am a child of god i am loved i am seen i am known i was created intentionally all of those things are already true of me the second that i choose to follow Jesus and so spending time and energy like and I think it's a practice like practicing the truth of those things because it's hard to believe them sometimes and it's hard to know how do I live that out how do I recognize that I'm a disciple Uh, and that that is my purpose in life and that might look like 70 different ways in the course of my whole life but at the core of it you know Jesus came right to rescue me and I am someone who's rescued, and I get to follow Jesus with my life. So just really, like, boiling it down to that, yeah. like, base truth of that base identity of who I am in Christ and standing on that and mm-hmm. learning how to live that yeah. has been, like, actually life for me.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So yeah, I like the the word you used, practice, there because... We, we practice it most everything in our life, but for some reason when we start thinking about the spiritual life, we think we should just automatically have it all together yeah. once we know Jesus. And so the, the idea of practicing, listening to God's voice, mm-hmm. fighting the lies that you believe, um, that you might have picked up from lots of different places, the world, family, systems... The things that really fight against our soul, that takes practice, yeah. and we don't always get it right, and that's also why we need community and people around us to remind us of who we really are and to, to share the journey with us. And has that, How has that dynamic been in, in your journey? Is there any encouragement you mm-hmm. want to give to them about just the importance of community and yeah. finding a more secure identity?
1: What is, yeah, what does it look like to actually practice yeah. practice mm-hmm. the truth of that identity, that I am a disciple, I am yeah. loved by God, I am a child of God, I am rescued. The, I mean, I've not been able to, that's only been done in community. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there are ways in which I practice those things in my daily life. And then, but that is surrounded by this, you know, group of people that God's always been given me that have pointed me to those things and taught me those things and reminded me to come back to those things over and over again. So, I mean, I was led to Christ by a group of 14 year olds when I was 14, you know? So I've, I've never lived outside of that, like knowing Jesus in community, Everything, um, everything that I know about who Jesus is has come from other people pointing me to him over and over again so it's a um, like integrated experience of allowing myself to be known and seen like truly and really and that's hard that's a practice true to actually have the courage to be and share your full self with people because we get hurt sometimes right Mm -hmm. and so that in and of itself is a practice Um, but learning how to do that and how to give forgiveness and receive forgiveness because it's always going to be necessary because we're all busted humans. Uh, so there's a practice of that and then there's a practice of how do I then take that encouragement and work that into my everyday life. So, yeah. and I think that looks different for different people but for me, it's a you know morning walk. Like I live and breathe my morning walk. You know, it's 20 minutes um, with a word from God and with the Lord and it's a continual reminder of how do I practice the truth of who God is and therefore who I am. Yeah. So the combination of both.
0: Yeah, that's Yeah, that's huge. And uh, we're not meant to walk the journey alone. I mean, we, you'll hear that from us all the time. If you get involved with the ministry here, we're, we're meant to do this in community together. And then we have a path to walk, each of us, that's hard and uh, our community gives us courage mm-hmm. to really to face the battles that we have in our life and to know that we're supported and that we have people to turn to for help. Um, and so we can really follow the, the direction God's leading us because as sons and daughters in the kingdom, he wants us to be a part of advancing the kingdom, and he gives us authority, and he wants us to grow into the gifts that he's given us. And our brokenness and struggles, they actually... Like Carrie said, they don't disqualify us. They can sometimes be the source of our, our greatest sense of mission and, and purpose in the world. And so I love that you should even shared that, you know, a group of 14-year-olds led you to Jesus. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, like the
1: miracle of my life.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the beauty of young adult ministry is even if you feel like you don't really understand everything about the Bible— are about your faith you have doubts questions like god can really still work through you to build his kingdom and to help others grow as disciples as he's growing you and, and just being honest about your experience being honest about your need for him the ways that you are poor in spirit that might be the way that god uses you the most and so carrie thanks for yeah. encouraging us in that um really appreciate uh you and your gifts and and what you bring to our ministry in this community. And uh, is there any final encouragement you want to give, or is that is that good enough for today?
1: I mean, there's so many things. It's always hard when you you know are spending time in the Word and you want to share all the things that God you know reveals in mm-hmm. His Word because it's fascinating and amazing. And I think one of the things that we got to do Sunday mm-hmm. night was um, not only talk about identity, but we also got to learn context. How do you um, the Bible study tool of how do you kind of find some understanding when you may not understand um, the initial passage you read and allowing the context of the rest of the Bible to help point you in that direction so I think recognizing that there's always so much more we could say but at the end of the day my hope and our hope as a ministry is that you would dive into these things and into mm-hmm. god's word and that you would go to the beatitudes and you would ask questions of, the, of um what you don't understand and that you you know bring those in, talk about them in community and really engage with god's word for yourself because yeah. that's when these things come alive so. yeah
0: that was i i did really appreciate that about your message is that you uh really helped us with this theme of identity but also gave some tools to dig into scripture for yourself because that's really what we want to equip and empower you to do is to learn to spend time with Jesus and to wrestle with him to listen to him to feed yourself spiritually and then to bring your real self into community to process what he's teaching you and how he's leading you to grow and so thanks Thanks for what you do in so many ways to help bring that to life for other people and appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us and we hope you'll tune in. If you miss Carrie's message, you can find that on our YouTube channel. Um, And if you have questions that even came out of this time, feel free to, to drop them in wherever you're watching this and we'd love to engage with them and meet you sometime in person. Take care guys.